Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I am your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening to this show, then you know what the show is all about. It's all about horror movies, science fiction, exploitation, fantasy, and the gems in the rough that I'm trying to find for you. Uh, today's episode, uh, after after the previous episode where I really focused on the Four Nights of Fulci coming up at the Nightlight Theater uh, in October, I'm going to get back into some uh, some of my random thoughts and comments and whatnot about movies that I like. Uh, right now, my co-host on Movie Freaks is on vacation, so the uh, the podcasting has kind of come to a standstill. So I'm going to keep keep the underbelly. The underbelly is uh, is continuing. Uh, so for today's episode, and real quick here, um, uh, just to get it out of the way, I'm going to be. Uh, really promoting this thing, but I'm just going to give you guys the quick rundown again. If you're interested in the Four Nights of Fulci, it is at the Nightlight Theater, October 9th and 10th, and then the 16th and the 17th. Uh, And each night, there's one showing uh, at 11.30. Before the the movie, we're playing old Grindhouse trailers. There's going to be a Blu-ray giveaway, all that good stuff. Uh, House by the Cemetery, followed by Zombie, followed by uh, uh, City of the Living Dead, and then concluding with the beyond. So theater only has 50 tickets per uh, or 50 seats. So tickets are very limited. So I would suggest buying your tickets early. You can go to nightlighttheater.com and click on the calendar and all the information is there that you need to buy tickets in advance. And I really hope that you support it uh, because it's going to be a lot of fun. We're, uh, we're hoping for a great turnout. It's got a bar there and it's just a really cool little independent cinema. So anyway, there's my plug for, uh, for that. Um, now, as far as movies that I have seen lately, uh, and I am a little bit behind uh, on my reviews on this show, so I'm going to catch up. And I've watched as many good movies as I have uh, stinkers. And I'm going to start with a good movie. Actually, I'm going to start with one that I am uh, blown away by. Um, and mainly because it got such terrible reviews. And maybe it's just me. Honestly, it probably is just me. But for some reason, it worked on all levels. And my suspension of disbelief, it, you know, it for me it worked. And that would be Oren, uh, and I'm going to probably butcher his last name, like I always do everybody on this show, Oren Paley, I think, uh, the director of, uh, from the director of... Um, the Paranormal Activity movies, the first one. Uh, and that would be Area 51. Now, this movie went into production in, uh, 19, or in 2009, I believe. Um, and it didn't get released until just, just recently, um, which is very surprising. And I'm not sure like, how much uh, reshoots there were. Uh, I... I Truly have no idea. But that long of a time in between when the movie was shot and being released now is... I was figuring this is not going to be good. And it just kind of... It popped up on video on demand, and then a couple weeks later it seemed like it... Okay, now it's on Netflix. There you go. We're all done. And I've got to say, I'm 
very, very surprised. At, now, I will say this. At this point, the found footage movie is just, it's kind of, I hate to say it's kind of done, but I mean, they, they still keep churning these things out and um, some of them still work, but it just, it, it feels over. Like they can't keep coming up with ideas, but somehow they do. But Area 51, three young conspiracy theorists attempt to uncover the mysteries of Area 51, the government's secret location rumored to have hosted encounters with alien beings. What they find at this hidden facility exposes unimaginable secrets. Uh, you can watch this on, an, on Amazon Prime, and you can watch this on Netflix. And um, I got to tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And the budget, was estimated $5 million budget. And I will say, uh, that seems high to me, but there are some great special effects in this movie. Um, if you are a fan of, one, if you're a fan of found footage movies, and you can be forgiving of some of the plot elements in the movie to forward the plot, and uh, and you like science fiction, I I'm, can't imagine you wouldn't like the movie. It, I thought it was awesome. I gave it four out of five stars, which is really high, I know. And, and you know what? Maybe the second time I watch it, it will drop significantly. I don't know. But the, that element of surprise was so good. And I love UFO-type stuff and alien abduction stuff. And to have it set as a found footage movie, I thought worked very, very well. In fact, the next movie I'm going to talk about after this one is another found footage alien movie. But this one here is definitely the superior one of, the bo- of, the, of both. Uh, but you know what? My, here's the biggest problem with the movie, is the characters continually... Uh, do things that normal people would not do in the further investigation of Area 51. And basically, you know, they're trying to sneak into Area 51. And it's really cool how they come up with ideas to circumvent the fences and the guards and all that stuff. It's really neat. Uh, but at a certain point, it's like, whoa, n- no normal human being would continue on with this because you're going to end up dead. However, uh, if you can... If you can just take that out of the mix and don't don't concern yourself with that part of the movie, uh, if you're a big science fiction fan, I can't imagine you wouldn't enjoy this. Again, the special effects are great. It's not overly overly scary, but that's okay. It's it's not. It's more of a science fiction found footage movie than it is a horror found uh, found uh, footage movie. So, I thought it was. Uh, a blast, especially the last like thirty minutes when uh, everything is just falling apart and. They're running around Area 51, and it just it's it gets more and more and more and more intense. And make sure that you stay through the end credits. There's a kind of a cool little zinger. It's not much, but you know I always like to 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 see is there a little zinger in the end, and what significance does it play with the movie? And this one here is okay, but uh, give this one a chance. It's got some like I said some good special effects. It. For 90, it's 91 minutes, and I was never bored, which a lot of the reviews are saying the first 45 minutes to an hour are all just talking and slow goings, and I was totally engaged. Uh, in fact, that's the stuff that makes the most sense is when they're you know doing their investigation. Okay, how do we actually pull off breaking into Area 51 and the planning stages and all that stuff? Um, and just some things that they set up that will come into play later on in the movie. I was... I was totally on board. Um, and then the, the heavy action 
of the last half hour or so, I was I was still engaged because it was it was really well shot. Uh, but again, it was just like, really? You're, oh boy, people don't do that. But again, they probably wouldn't have a movie uh, if, uh, if they would go by what would people actually do because they would have probably never tried to break into Area 51 to begin with. So anyway, so that's that movie. Um, I thought it was really good. And I'm going to probably, uh, more than likely, I'm going to probably talk about it a little bit more on Movie Freaks as well, because uh, I would like to get my co-host on that show, Eric Marner. I'd like to get his opinion on the movie, too, because he's a big science fiction fan, and it feels like a movie that, uh, that he would like. Uh, so, having said that, let's talk about Hangar 10, directed by Daniel Simpson. And I believe that this movie was... Uh, shot in the... Uh, let me just see here if I can find it. I Probably not. Um, it, they're, with their accents, I'm guessing it was shot in the UK or uh, somewhere in... I, I'm not sure where. I, I wish I would know, but I don't. Um, it's also known as the Rendlesham UFO incident, uh, but on Netflix, it is known as Hangar 10. 33 years... After the infamous uh, Rendlesham Forest UFO incident, three metal detector enthusiasts hunting for Saxon gold in the same region capture incredible footage of UFOs while filming their expedition. As night falls and with their navigation equipment failing, they find themselves facing a terrifying encounter with an unforgiving alien presence. Uh, another thumbs up. Uh, a, a, an impossibly cool cover. The cover is so awesome for this movie. It's some guy standing, holding a metal detector up into the, uh, into the air, and there's like these, it's cloud covered, and there's lights in the sky, and you can kind of see there's a UFO up there somewhere. It's such a cool cover. And no, the movie didn't li- quite live up to that, but I will say, uh, as with Area 51, there are some fantastic special effects in this movie uh, in the final reel. And again, the characters do things that you just don't do. Uh, in fact, this one here, it felt a little bit more like, really, just put your cameras down and go uh, than Area 51. But again, there wouldn't be a movie without it. So it moves at a pretty good clip. In fact, I thought that this movie here, it's shorter than Area 51. It's 83 minutes. It felt a little bit slower than Area 51 until they get to the, to the last, uh, the big reveal, which is fantastic. Uh, but they keep things rolling. Uh, just when you're starting to get a little bit bored, something very science fiction-y, UFO-y happens, and it, it's great. Uh, but that ending is worth the price of admission, guaranteed. If you Again, if you can handle found footage movies and you're a science fiction fan, watch Hangar 10. It does get another thumbs up from me. Um, this one here... For some reason, and maybe more so than any other movie I have seen since The Blair Witch Project, this one here feels the closest to Blair Witch Project. Uh, Obviously, until the very end when we get into a lot more UFO-type stuff. But with the people in the woods doing things, it's very, very similar to what we see in The Blair Witch Project. Uh, And even just the the different beats to move the the plot along, uh, it's... Very similar in my in my humble opinion, and uh, and that's not a that's not a criticism because at this point there's not a whole lot new that you can do with the found footage uh, genre. But you know what? I still enjoy them if they're really really well made. Um, 
And if they're really not well made, which is the next movie I'm going to be talking about, well, then they're atrocious. Because found footage movies, uh, like Hangar 10 and Area 51, they have budgets. And I, Hangar 10, I'm guessing, does not have a big budget. But boy, it's on the screen, especially that final uh, last section of the movie. Uh, what you see on screen is, is exceptionally good. Uh, and I'm guessing that it's, I don't want to say homemade special effects, but the CGI is very good. Um, on the flip side of that, well, let's just keep on rolling with these found footage movies, shall we? Archivo 253 on Netflix. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the review because I, what I do is every, every movie that I watch, I immediately jot down a couple sentences of just so that I can go back and reference what I thought of the movie. Um, and, uh, and by the way, Hangar, just so you know, Hangar 10 I did give two and a half stars for, but after talking about it, honestly, uh, I might bump it up to three stars. Uh, it is slow-paced. The first 45 minutes, I was really bored, but it definitely picks up. Hangar 10 definitely picks up, and I do think that you should give it a, cha- a chance because it was a, an entertaining movie. Archivo 253, on the other hand, uh, just looking over my, my notes here, I gave a half of a star out of five, and that's being generous, very generous. In fact, um, I'm trying to think of one thing, one reason why I would have given it even a half a star because it is incompre- incompetent from start to finish. And for these found footage movies, sometimes you have to give it a little bit to set up the, the story. And, you know, and even if it's like, okay, it's feeling found, you know, it's feeling kind of fake and found footage. Sometimes you just have to stick with these and they get better. Uh, this did not. 79 minutes, and that's being generous for the runtime. Um, group of amateur, and do, do I mean amateur, professional, or, or professional, jeez. A group of amateur paranormal investigators enter an abandoned asylum to discover if the stories they have heard are actually true. Directed by Abe Rosenberg. And I believe that this movie is... uh, Okay, Mexico. So it's a Mexican-produced movie. Um, This is literally three or four people walking around uh, a, a big empty building with night vision on and screaming and running, and then uh, nothing, literally nothing happens. Uh, they're able to get out of the house or the, the building at one point, but they choose not to, or they go back. It's so bad. It's so bad. I, now that I think about it, I gave this movie half of a star uh, because of the, uh, there is one scene where, the, and I'm going to spoil this movie because it sucked. I have no idea what uh, the whole the gist of the movie was other than I think there was a spirit in there I guess but at one point they all go to sleep and ghost thing whatever you see their night vision camera get picked up and it slowly climbs up the wall and is like hanging on the wall videoing them sleeping and that was kind of unique and there was one gotcha jump scare type thing with some monster, but it, it was like, ah, it's, that was scary because it was a loud jump scare. That, there was no tension. Uh, all the tension that they try to build up in this movie is completely void and null because of the obnoxious screaming of the lady in this movie. She's horrible. I, I, 
I wanted her to die about the first 15 minutes of the movie. I'm like, okay, I already hate this lady. But um, just no point in the movie, really. I, the, the movie, if they, got, if they got the location for free, if they didn't have to pay to shoot there, I cannot imagine that this movie cost more than $100 to make. And I'm sure it did, I'm sure it did but it was just a couple of handheld video cameras with night vision and virtually no special effects and then just running around and the cameras shaking and people screaming at each other and that's it and uh, you know then you go and throw it on your editing program and you put it together and you got a movie I guess but um I hate to criticize a movie this much but I really uh, I I despised this movie uh for as much as as much talent and trying to make things a little bit different with the other two movies that I talked about and just keeping them you know, well shot and good special effects. This one here has none of that at all. And here's the thing. Blair Witch Project did not have any special effects at all either, unless you consider them opening up a little sack of twigs or whatever, and there's a, a jawbone or a tongue in there or whatever. Otherwise, there's no special effects in that movie. But it works so incredibly well and it is still I think the standard by which all of these found footage movies kind of base their their thing on their their gimmick uh, is because Blair Witch Project did it so well and it was so terrifying and uh, I still remember walking out of the theater after the first time I watched Blair Witch Project and I was with a group of friends that they all hated it of course um, but I was and most of the times when you watch a movie with a group of people that hate the movie, uh, Fight Club immediately comes to mind. Uh, you leave the movie thinking, oh, I guess it wasn't that good. Uh, Fight Club is brilliant, by the way. I just had to watch it uh, without them and in the right setting. But this movie here, I actually was, I watched it with the same group of people, Blair Witch Project. And they were like, oh, it wasn't scary. It didn't show anything, blah, 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 whatever. I'm like, that was terrifying because it didn't show anything. That was terrifying because the guy was standing in the corner in the end. And you don't know what is going on and the isolation of the entire movie and the feeling that you are truly with these characters. uh, And even though you're in America, you're still lost and you're almost in a foreign land. You can't get out. And it's almost a supernatural thing to where there's no way you're getting out of this woods because something supernatural has made this woods impenetrable. And Blair Witch Project worked so well, and it still holds up. I think it still holds up as ratcheting up tension and scariness until that final bit that it just is so unsettling and creepy, and oh, I love it. Um, but again, I'm still a fan of the found footage movies. There's so many good ones out there. Frankenstein's Army was fantastic. Um, even some of the ones that get crapped on, you know, there, there are some that get crapped on that I still think have some merit to them. Um, I'm not going to get into those because I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to, to lose the, the meager few viewers that I, or listeners that I have saying the found footage movies that I actually do enjoy that have gotten pretty much maligned. But uh, let me tell you, Archivo 253, that was a bad one. So skip that one by all means. Um, hey, and all, another thing talking about these found footage movies is it just it, uh, one thing that I think that makes those movies more scary if they're if they're done right is that you the audience are a member of the film crew and you are a and you are on the screen with them is what it kind of to me at least that's what it feels like to me is when i watch these movies it's like i am 
the fourth person in this group of people that are investigating Area 51 or uh, or investigating a, uh, a a possession, a demonic possession, or something like that. And it's just I get why they're doing it, and I get I get why it uh, I get why it works, and why they keep on churning these things out. So anyway, uh, I'm still a fan of them. I hope that they still can find new and inventive ways to keep it uh, alive and running. And let me tell you, their VHS 1 and 2 are so good, and they're such great examples of, of short film that can be done right by way of uh, found footage. So uh, good stuff. Anyway, I'm going to move on. I'm now all done with, uh, with the found footage uh, genre. Now I want to touch on a, uh, to wrap this up, I'm going to touch on a director that I recently watched his second uh, short film, and I think he has got a couple more, but his second substantial short film, by, and by that I mean like longer than 20 minutes long. Um, and I watched this guy's first uh, short film years and years ago. Uh, boy, it was, it's, I mean, it's been probably... I would say six or seven years, if not more, uh, probably more. Uh, it came out in 2003, and the movie is called Love for Mother Only. And the director's name is Denison Ramolho. And I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, he, uh, he made Love for Mother Only back in 2003, and I recently rewatched this along with uh, a newer movie that he made several years ago, about four years ago now, I think, which I can't believe that I missed it when it, that it came out four years ago already. But uh, love for, I'll start with Love for Mother Only. <clears throat> uh, and I, I have a feeling I've talked about this already on my show, but I'm just going to hit on it again real quick, which will lead me into his other movie. <clears throat> uh, love for Mother Only is about a, uh, uh, a guy that uh, I think kind of in a roundabout way unleashes Satan on earth by way of uh, a prostitute that he hooks up with who convinces him to kill his mom. And it's 20 minutes long, and it packs more evil brutality in 20 minutes than most movies do in their feature-length runtime. Um, It is available on DVD as part of the uh, small-gauge trauma from Synopsy Films, which came out on DVD uh, years ago now. And it is the best short film on that DVD. But there are some other great short films on that disc. Highly recommend you go to Amazon and pick it up. Uh, I can promise you, you will not forget Love for Mother Only. It's also on uh, Vimeo. Although the quality on Vimeo is, uh, eh, it's pretty compressed. And the director himself, it looks like the director himself put it on Vimeo. But you can watch it on Vimeo if you want. Maybe even uh, YouTube, I didn't check on that. But Love for Mother Only uh what i did is i actually put it on a flash drive and watched it on my 120 inch uh theater screen projected cuz that is the best way to watch this movie and the other movie i'm going to talk about real quick here is the biggest and loudest you can possibly get because it is so terrifying it is so evil and just dread inducing uh that watching it on a tiny computer computer screen just doesn't do it justice so um <clears throat> i will say tr- tread carefully if you're going to watch a movie like this because it truly is evil like it feels evil uh i don't get that feeling a lot from movies but every now and then i do 
And The Exorcist, I, I got to keep bringing up The Exorcist. The Exorcist is one of the movies that, that uh, it just gives me a sick feeling and an evil, like I watched something very evil. And uh, as strange as this seems, House of a Thousand Corpses also gives me that same feeling of where it's just, ugh, man. Um, and I can't believe I just said House of a Thousand Corpses and The Exorcist in the same sentence there, but yeah, I will. Love for Mother Only. There you go. It is one of the best short films I have ever seen, uh, right up there with uh, Safe Haven on VHS 2. And now for the director's latest movie, and that is Ninjas, uh, Denison Ramalho's 19, or 2011 movie, 25 minutes long. And this guy also made a short film on the uh, ABCs of Death Part Two, I believe, and I watched it, and uh, it is good, but it is certainly not as good as Ninjas and Love for Mother Only. Now, Ninjas is not about ninjas. Take my word for that. Uh, this movie is stunning. Um, I read some reviews about it before I watched the uh, the movie, and every review gave it high marks and said that be prepared, it is brutal, 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 brutal stuff. And um, it is. It is so hardcore. Uh, it is oozing with evil and mean-spiritedness. And I am not going to say what Ninjas is about, other than you just simply have to watch it. This is some fine filmmaking here. Uh, this guy needs to make a feature-length movie now. And for I'm not sure if it was Slash. That's the, the Slash, Guns N' Roses Slash. But he's got his own production company, and I believe I read online that he had hired uh, this guy to make a feature-length movie, which, bravo, he needs to make a feature-length movie. Now, don't quote me on that. I, I know that he, someone was in talks with him to make a feature-length movie, and I, he needs to, uh, especially if he can keep his artistic vision, because Ninjas very much feels like for lo- Love for Mother only. He has this certain style, and I really, really am digging it. Um, they're Spanish movies. I'm there, they're in Spanish. Um, but the acting is top-notch. The special effects are grisly and gruesome and hardcore. The music is eerie and, oh, it's just, it's so good. But Ninjas is great. It's so good. It's maybe a little bit more accessible than Love for Mother Only uh, because the subject matter of Love for Mother Only is so nasty and mean-spirited. Um, and while Ninjas is as well, it's not quite that bad. But as far as graphic violence, though, it's there. Wow, Oof. Uh, I'm already looking forward to watching it. I really wish that there would be a Blu-ray of this guy's uh, this guy's works so that I could see them in high definition because watching them from Vimeo rips are, ugh, geez, the quality is barely DVD and I don't like that, especially for movies that are well shot like this. So, um, again, not going to tell you what Ninjas is about because I want you to go and find out for yourself, but it is really, really, really good. And this guy needs to be making more stuff. So anyway, there's my two short films that I watched and I've got a ton of other stuff that I've been watching, but I simply don't have enough time to cover it all. Hopefully we'll get back into the swing of things on Movie Freaks and I can uh, hit on some more of these movies that I've been watching lately. Uh, a, lot, a lot of them are a little bit more mainstream, which will fit better on Movie Freaks, but I want to talk just briefly about some of, uh, some of my recent underbelly stuff. And let me tell you, uh, Love for Mother Only and Ninjas, that's soft underbelly material right there, folks. Uh, so, closing the show up here, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions or comments. And if you have any questions about the Four Nights of Fulci, 
that email is four nights of Fulci at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter, four nights of Fulci, and of course, Facebook. Like us on Facebook, four nights of Fulci, and um, support what we're trying to do here in Akron Canton area is bringing these grindhouse type movies to the big screen for a very limited uh, run and a very limited amount of people. So we want to make it kind of an exclusive thing and we just want to make it a boatload of fun. And I think it's going to be great. I cannot wait for this thing. And uh, honestly, which is, uh, it's odd watching love for mother only and ninjas. I'm like, man, I would love to put together a, uh, an hour and a half or two hours worth of my favorite short films to be shown on the big screen for one night in safe haven and Love for Mother Only and Ninjas would definitely, those three would definitely be on there. But I think that would be so cool to put together maybe two hours worth of just awesome, awesome horror short films. Treevenge might even be on there too. And if you haven't seen Treevenge, you are missing out from the director of Hobo with a Shotgun. It is hilarious and it is awesome. So that's what I'm going to close my show out with is Treevenge. Uh, watch it this Christmas because it's the perfect horror short movie that you watch around the holidays. Uh, just not with your family. Trust me. So anyway, that's going to do it for my show today. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for another episode of Movie Freaks coming soon, I'm sure. And also make sure to listen to our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. Uh, we always like to listen to them. They're always funny and they talk a lot more about uh, major releases, new releases, and so sometimes I gauge what I'm going to see by what uh, they have to say, especially Steve, because Steve watches so, so, so many movies. Um, and then the other guy that uh, he doesn't uh, follow through on commitments, nah, which is fine, that's okay. Uh, but anyway, that's going to do it for my show today. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>